Well, good morning. Welcome to chapel. Uh, so glad you guys are here this morning um, for our time of worship. Um, as, as you all know, we've been, uh, for the past few weeks, uh, participating in this season of Lent. Um, and we've had Dr. Burleson come and uh, deliver a homily, and as, he's, as he will do again today. And we've had various people uh, participating uh, in worship through leading in music, and uh, that's the same for today. We have a band here named Fifth and Fight. They're a bunch of Baylor students, and so they'll be leading us in worship this morning. Um, but as we continue on in our time of worship, it's important for us to, to be aware of the reality that, that we don't really like the in-between time. Um, Lent is about the not yet. Um, we've talked about this a lot, that we really just want to rush to Easter, to Jesus being risen. Uh, but Lent asks us to slow down some, because it's, it's not yet Easter. And this is the week before Holy Week, and so next week will be different as we lead up to Easter. Um, but it's important for us to slow down and to still ourselves and to be silent and to open our hearts to God. And so this morning, that's, as we kind of start, that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer um, as we begin. So if you will, um, join me in preparing for worship. God, you are here with us, and we recognize that. In fact, God, you were here before we got here. And God, it's in your presence that we are changed, that we are transformed, that we are made into who you want to make us to be. But God, we realize that we are all works in progress. God, that we are all not yet. And so in the season of Lent, in which we live in the not yet, in which we live in the waiting, God, change us and transform us and prepare us. Amen.
for water, I seek the presence of my Father, who sculpted and molded and created me in His honor. And along with the rest of His sons and daughters, we are His treasures. And when we worship Him, it brings Him the highest of pleasures. He is our protector, paid the debt collector, defeated the master deceptor, so we can live in heaven and drink the sweetest of nectars. No amount of fame or worldly gains can take away the gift that He graciously gave. We try to find happiness in many different things, but only God's presence holds this missing key. These things might seem like they can fit the lock, but those are temporary things that tick away with the clock. But God's love doesn't stop. His truth is firm like a rock and is our life's building block. So I will worship you. I find purpose in you. My life is service to you because I do not deserve you. So Lord, just give me strength like Samson and wisdom like Solomon, a heart like David and faith like Abraham. For my life can be just like them. I just need to go ahead and trust in him. the defense it for the water so my soul longs after Please join me in this responsive reading. I'll read the light print, and you will read the bold. Almighty and everlasting God, forgive us for what we have done and what we have left undone. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for slapping the other cheek instead of turning it. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for harboring anger instead of overflowing with mercy. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for enjoying the fall of others and rejoicing in their hardship. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for casting the first stone when we do not deserve to judge. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for calloused hatred and jealousy instead of recognizing you provide all. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for thinking we are better than others instead of humbling ourselves. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for discounting the works of others instead of seeing them as your handiwork. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for walking past the suffering instead of helping the needy. We do not know 
what we are doing. Forgive us for loving the fleeting glory of the world instead of working towards your glory. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us, forgive us for seeking our own desires instead of seeking justice. We do not know what we are doing. Forgive us for begging for your mercy and being unmerciful to others. Forgive us for asking for grace and showing none. Forgive us for seeking your face and hiding your light. Forgive us for basking in your love and being unloving to our neighbors. Forgive us for putting our hope in you and giving no hope to others. Forgive us for having faith in you and acting in a way that stifles the faith of others. We do not know what we are doing, so we seek you. Our God of justice, mercy, and compassion, our Lord of the way, truth, and life, our King of all creation, that you forgive our debts and give us the strength to forgive the debts of others to your glory. Faith, yeah. Make less of me, make less of me. 
Give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. Make less of me, make less of me, make more of you, make more. Give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. Give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. This is for the girl who cries herself to sleep. With low self-esteem, she chooses not to eat. To the ones who find it impossible to break free from lust. Where the internet holds them captive and they're stuck in a rut. Or the teenage mother whose family looks at her in shame. And she in turn sees herself the same. To the college student who strives to make his parents proud. And the words that he longs to hear are never said out loud. This is for the abused who didn't choose to be misused, but think that it's their fault that someone took advantage of their youth. Well, I have news for you, news that will make you feel brand new. You see, I used to be just like you too. I didn't know that there was freedom in the kingdom of God. I went to church every Sunday, but I hid behind this facade. I heard that Christ broke chains, but I still felt the weight. And as the days progressed, my soul began to break. Year after year, my faith was losing its shape. I went to church for my parents' sake, and not because I wanted to seek God's face, but because the girl next to me wanted to get to first base. But then one day, I couldn't take it anymore, going to church every Sunday, but not really knowing the Lord. So I broke down, face to the floor, crying out to God that there had to be more. And if there wasn't, then I was walking out that door. And then something happened that I really can't explain. But all that I know is that I've never been the same. For the first time I met with God and did not feel shame. I did not feel useless. I did not feel plain. It's like something rose up within me and took away my pain. And in its place was freedom and there was no more shame. You see, God created us for relationship with Him. But many times we choose relationship with sin. And then we cry ourselves to sleep in the pain that is within. But if we let Him in, then sin would have no place to begin. So if you want joy, then seek out God. If you want peace, then seek out God. If you want to rise against depression, then seek out God. If you just need rest, then seek out God. Because He created you with a purpose. And don't forget it. But we're found in your freedom. But we're found in your freedom. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not 
I'm a skeleton, using every element. Father, spirit, son, can't forget any relative. Satan, he's irrelevant. A peanut to an elephant, I'm telling it. Christ gives life, so come and dwell in it. The spirit isn't hesitant in me, it's definite. My actions, they are testament. Living life is effortless. Satan shakes like gelatin, not too intelligent. Delight in God's fellowship with him, life is elegant. You are the light. You are the Turning back, can't make an excuse. When I walk away, wanna say, Come take the light in me, take the light in me. There's no place I'd rather be than in your arms, free, like under the palm trees, just chilling you and me, basking in perfection to the highest degree. Relaxing in heaven, sitting with the king of kings Imagining the things you've anointed on me You heard my voice and my cry for mercy When I was overcome by troubles, you set me free Just listen and read Psalms 116 For you are full of grace, righteousness, and compassion And that is why when I'm hurt, you too get saddened Cause if you could have your way, none of this would ever happen You didn't just make us and spend eternity napping You are the you are the truth, no turning back, can't make an excuse, when I walk away, what do you say, come take the light
take delight and I will take delight because you satisfy my hunger every day and night and I will take delight and I will take delight because you quench my thirst every day and night and I will take delight and I will take delight because you satisfy my hunger every day and night and I will take delight and I will take delight because you quench my thirst when I'm in your sight and I will take delight 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 disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. For those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For he must increase, and I must decrease. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. Hey, Fifth and Fight are pretty good, aren't they? They enjoy worshiping with them today. 
I had a great uh, spring break, and I want to tell you about something that happened to me that was absolutely amazing. I was here uh, in the office, and it was one of those uh, beautiful days that we've been having, and so I went for a walk in Founders Mall, sat down on a bench, and thought, okay, I'm just going to breathe a little bit, and you could hear the birds and the breeze and all that. And I thought I was by myself, but I heard some talking. So I'm thinking, well, someone's back there in Draper in that brick corridor area because I could hear voices, and I looked and didn't see anybody. And then I, I thought, no, it, it's coming close. The, the, the voices are near to me. And I look down, and I think, they're, they're on the ground somewhere. I'm thinking, somebody's dropped a cell phone because I hear this conversation going on, and it, it must be right here somewhere. And so I'm looking, and then I realize what was going on. It, it was the acorns underneath me. They were having this conversation. They were talking to one another. I'm not, this really happened. I'm not making this up. They were all circled up and having this conversation. And they were, these were beautiful acorns, y'all. I mean, they'd spent a lot of time polishing their shells, really, really good uh, care of their exterior. They were bright acorns, smarter than most acorns I've known. Um, you could tell they were in acorn college, used lots of big words, felt really confident of themselves, and seemed... They seemed like they would be popular, as acorns are. I mean, it, uh, had some letters. Across, some of them had letters on, like K-O-T, H-R-C, E-C-S, Y-O-L-O. They were very impressive <laughs> acorns. And they were proud to be acorns. And they were dreaming really big dreams about their acorn life, about, you know, what they would do. Some of them thought they would be... Uh, writers, and they would write novels about acorn adventures. There were some of them that were uh, planning careers in acornology, you know, and acornomics, and acornic law, and acornopathic therapy, you know. I mean, these, they're, they're headed into some places that are really good. They're talented. They're really ambitious. And they're, they're seeing out before them all these opportunities that are going to take place over a lifetime of being an acorn on Founders Mall, except for one of them, kind of this dirty, capless acorn that actually they all seemed sort of gathered around this one, as if, you know, they were listening to this one talk, mostly talking to him, and I couldn't hear real well, but I kind of got the sense that this acorn had just sort of been dropped out of the sky like maybe a bird dropped it there, naughty little fellow, and he was he was stammering out this story, like he had to tell them something really, really important. So, you know, I bent down. I got to hear this. And I look, as he's pointing to the tree, he says to all the acorns gather around, I hear him say, we are that. And most of the acorns just started laughing. They just thought he was nuts. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Took you a little while. They just dismissed him and they left. But there were some who stayed. Handful that were curious, kind of spiritual, soulful acorns. And I heard them ask the, the, the little not, naughty acorn. I heard them ask him, tell us, how, how would we become a tree? And it seemed like a question that was coming from a pretty deep place. Like maybe a question that's coming from some kind of intuitive longing. Like maybe these were folks, or these were acorns, <laughs> who had spent some time under the bench along the way on Founders Mall and knew the limitations of that shiny existence, you know. Well, he said, and this time he points downward, it has something to do with going into the ground 
and having your shell crack open. And they looked at him with a kind of horror and they said, we wouldn't be acorns anymore, would we? Jesus said on more than one occasion, to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. This was the sermon he preached all the time. If you're going to live, really live, you're going to have to die to yourself. If you're going to follow me into what is eternal, you have to carry a cross. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. So Jesus says this kind of thing often as if he's stammering out this story, having this really important message that he's trying to get across to folks about how we're more than we think we are, but we're never going to know it if we don't let go of who we think we are. I don't know how that might fall on your ears here this morning in chapel. What in the world would it mean for someone who's 18, 19, 20 to die to yourself in order to really live? I mean, that's, that's a hard question for anybody, but especially in your season of life. This season of life is a time for discovering who you are, the self. In many ways, that's what college is about, building up the self, or as the acorns would say, polishing the shell, right? You're kind of beefing up the resume and getting a GPA up here and collecting friends and the right friends and deciding who you are and what you think and where you're going. This is your work, isn't it, in college? So what would it mean at all for that shiny self that you're working on, you're polishing it all the time, what would it mean for that to be broken open at 18, 19, and 20 in order that you may become who you're supposed to be? My hunch is, though it's not voluntary, my hunch is, some of that's happened for you this year. My hunch is that you've known your shell to have cracked some in these days at Baylor. Anyone here been confronted with questions you've never even known were asked? Maybe you felt something crack. Maybe a kind of dying to self there. I wondered if you've died at all to the self you were in high school, that you thought you were. You know, the self where everyone knew you and you knew everyone. Some of you have died to the dream of a 4-0 uh, and to the career path you thought it was going to lead you to. I guess anyone coming to a place like this from somewhere else dies to somewhere else. I mean, what, what home was for you? To the family, maybe. Some of you have died to the family you had or maybe thought you had. I don't know what it might have been like. I can tell you it's probably involuntary. It's that way for most of us because often this involves some pain and failure and struggle and disorientation. And these are things we don't ever choose unless we're really hungry for something. Unless we really get hungry for what's real and true. Unless we really get tired of the way things are like the guys were singing about earlier. And maybe then you start wondering what it might look like to die to self and to do it on purpose. I mean, to do it willingly and willingly with Jesus. I don't know. Maybe for you it might look like well, you're going to try to love someone who's really different than you are. That, that would be a kind of death to self. Or maybe knowing someone, letting someone in your world who's really not a part of your world in some way. Maybe taking some of your precious time, which really is precious, isn't it? And giving it away each week in some place 
where someone really needs you. Maybe it would involve thinking some outside the box. You know, you came here with a box. Everybody has this container. It sort of holds what they've been taught and believed and who they are. And I want to tell you, you may as well know this now, the container's going to crack. The box is going to break along the way they do. They're not God. They just help us for a time. They're going to crack, but maybe you do some pushing from the inside out. Maybe that would be a way of entering into this intentionally. I don't know. Maybe you wake up every day and you think to yourself, okay, the hardest thing I go through today, the the hardest thing could be the best thing, so I don't have to resist it all. The thing that wears me out, the thing with which I struggle, the wound I have, my hurt, the dead end. You might remind yourself this is the place that is probably the invitation into something that is real. I don't know. I can tell you this. This question of dying to self is the one you're going to work on the rest of your life because there is a you that is you that you maybe don't yet know. God, God knows that you. We've, we've looked in these Lenten days at the cross of Jesus. And what I've tried to say is that it is a mystery with many meanings. I've said it was a consequence of our brokenness, like the waves of sin in the world that wash up onto who God is and cost God everything. I've said it is a picture of the heart of God, of who God is, not just something that happened way back then, but something that happens every moment of every day. It's, it's eternally what God is up to. I've said it's an event. We've said this is something that happened that changes everything, even death. It's transformed by this. And finally, here we are again, and I want to say to you that it's path. It's a path, and we've always known it. In fact, early Christians, do you know that they were called first for the first few decades? The people of the way. That's what they were called. See, it wasn't just that they believed something about someone in the first century back there named Jesus. They were folks who followed him on this way. We were and we are to be this people of the way. And the cross is the way. It's the path. It is this paradoxical path where somehow letting go is the way we receive and where losing something is your way of finding something and somehow your brokenness leads to the deepest healing in your life and death is the way to life. Being people of the way doesn't just mean that You know, we can ask the question, what would Jesus do? And we sort of don't do this and we do do that. We're maybe more ethical than others at times or we're more loving. It's not it completely. It means that we actually walk in this way and this way leads us to the cross. It is a place of surrender. It is the ultimate place of letting go. The cross is this movement and this picture of trust into thy hands I commit my spirit is not something that Jesus says alone, is it? It's what we're invited to. What in the world does it mean for someone to be 20 and say, I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to follow Jesus on this way. Lots of you have made that decision along the way. Say, I want to do that. Maybe all your life you've sort of been at that. Some of you are new to the idea of it. And maybe even today thinking, I might be ready to begin that journey. And you can email me. We can sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about what it 
It's a crazy kind of journey, isn't it, to go there? But we somehow are the people who say it's that journey that leads to what's real and what's true and for that which we're all made. And it's our hope, whoever you are here today, that you'll be on that journey with us. God, we pray that even now for everyone here, that they might know their deep longing, feel their deep hunger, and say yes to a journey with you. Through Christ we pray. Amen.